Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Once again, to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa, serving the Lord here since 1996. And uh, what a blessing it is to be able to be back with you today. We have just been having a great time here in Uganda, serving the Lord. And uh, every week just brings new opportunities and uh, new stories of God's goodness and God's provision. And uh, I am so thankful that I can use this way of media uh, to be able to communicate with you on a weekly basis what God is doing here, as well as encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, that verse is what keeps me going. Uh, That verse is what motivates me. Uh, The work that I do for God, the things that I do, whatever, whether it's considered sacrifice or not, whatever I do for the Lord uh, is not in vain. And so I praise the Lord for that. And uh, uh, God willing, but with his grace and his strength, and, uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit of God, we're just going to keep on moving on. And uh, this uh, world we live in today, as you well know, is uh, not getting any better. Uh, government is not getting any better. And uh, let me tell you something. If you are looking at politics and if you're looking at uh, a new president, if you're looking at a Congress or Whatever, as your hope for the future, uh, you have a very, very shallow hope uh, because I've read the, I've read the end of the book, and uh, it is not getting better. Men are waxing worse and worse, and uh, if if there is anything, if there is any silver lining in any uh, politics or in any government, uh, it is just simply God's mercy in allowing us just to have a little bit more time to be able to have the freedom that we need to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But, you know, as a, as a good citizen, I plan on voting. I plan on putting my uh, decision on who I want to be the president, who I want to be my my political leaders. Uh, but I just, uh, I'm just being very frank with you today. I have absolutely no hope in them at all. Uh, my hope is in Jesus Christ and uh, my my purpose for voting and my purpose for uh, getting involved in any way in politics uh, is just simply to give us a little bit more time of freedom of religion, freedom to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and uh, and that that is it. And so I'm going to vote for those uh, who will give us that freedom. I'm going to vote for those who will uh, lean toward that direction. But uh, but honestly. I believe Jesus Christ is coming back soon, and so that's why uh, we have got to look for ways each and every day to always, always, always abound in the work of the Lord. 
Well, we came back from a great, great weekend. Uh, we went to the uh, church there, back to the Bible Baptist Church in Buzidongo. And uh, we've, uh, the last couple of podcasts, I probably talked about that because we were out there doing some work and uh, helping put the floor in and the plastering in and all of that. And, uh, but anyway, um, we got all of that finished and uh, we had the dedication service on this last Sunday. And uh, what a blessing that was. The place was full of people and uh, just rejoicing in the Lord that God has provided for them a, a structure. And I, I wish, uh, and, and I may do this in my next prayer letter, I might, I might do a before and after and uh, show you what they were meeting in before and uh, and then uh, show you what they're meeting in now. I'm telling you, God is so good. God is so gracious. And uh, just, you know, before they were just meeting in literally a mud uh, frame uh, structure. I mean, literally made with mud. And uh, they, they mix the mud with cow dung to give it uh, consistency. And they build the walls. They, they do the floor. They do all of that. And, uh, and it worked for many, many years. And uh, God, through his graciousness and his love for them, uh, was able to provide for them a permanent structure that is just unbelievable. And I just thank God so much for that. So we had the dedication service uh, in our soul winning on that Saturday before. Uh, we were able to see one uh, individual, a teenager, come to know Jesus Christ as, uh, as his Savior. And uh, what a blessing that was as well. Uh, we had an interesting thing happen. And I didn't know this. Uh, I've been out to Buzidongo many, many times. And when you get out to Buzidongo, Buzidongo is really close to the lake. And uh, so there's a lot of fishing that's done. Every time we go out there, we eat fish. And, uh, you know, it's just straight, straight from the lake. And uh, it's delicious. And, uh, but uh, there's a lot of palm trees that grow out there. And uh, there it is. And uh, let me just give a warning to those who have a weak stomach. Please turn off the radio right now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there is a uh, maggot that grows. It's about the size of your thumb. And uh, this maggot is uh, tends to grow with these palm trees. And so uh, kids go out and they gather the maggots off the palm trees and then they fry them up and eat them. And uh, I'd never seen that before. And uh, so sure enough, they brought this uh, small little jury can of, of all these little maggots in there. And I'm telling you, the guys were just so excited. And I'm like, what are you guys so excited about? And I looked inside <laughs> that jury can and I'm like, oh, my goodness, uh, I sure hope they don't ask me to eat one of them. And they were saying, oh, this is a delicacy. And I said, well, you know what? If it does not offend you, um, I'm just going to watch you enjoy them. And <laughs> And so, you know, I, I, I've tried a lot of things and I would be willing to try it. I've eaten grasshoppers. I've eaten, uh, I've eaten grub worms. I've eaten, um, the termites. Um, there's a lot of interesting things that I've had the opportunity to eat here, but, uh, a maggot is just something that I just have a really hard time with, to be honest with you. And, uh, so anyway, uh, I was very happy to let them enjoy it. And I mean, they were literally, I mean, almost fighting over those things. It was like, this is, I mean, they took those maggots, put them in a pan and they put garlic in it and a little bit of olive oil and, and, uh, and then they put the, uh, uh, onions in it and it smelled good. I'll have to give them that. It did smell good. And, uh, and if you want to see a video 
of, uh, of those maggots being cooked, just text me and I'll be happy. I'll be happy to send you a video. It will bless your heart. Amen. And, uh, but we had a great time there around the campfire, just rejoicing the Lord, thanking God for his provision. And uh, speaking of provision, I want to thank the Lord so much for those that had a part in, uh, helping with that project. And, uh, I think of the Boggs family there in Missouri and the the, uh, the 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 commitment that they made for that, and and then I think of uh, uh, the church there in uh, Illinois, brother uh, brother Raglan, uh, there at Trinity Baptist Church. Thank you so much. I think of brother Jeff Lyons at Bible Baptist Church in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, just thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And uh, that church right now is finished. It's it's complete. They're meeting in it. The doors, the windows, everything is done. And uh, and I just, uh, I tell you what, I give God the glory for that. Now we've got several other churches that uh, we're excited about uh, getting involved in as well. And uh, so we've got, uh, we've been raising the funds for, for cement. And uh, praise the Lord, uh, this just this last month, uh, we've had three different uh, churches come through, and each of those churches uh, have been able to buy 100 bags of cement and a $1,000 gift from each of those. And uh, Newberry Baptist Fellowship in Winter Haven, Florida, Crossroads Baptist Church in Carthage, Tennessee, and then the most recent one, East River Baptist Church in New Caney, Texas. Uh, Pastor Roger Hoots there uh, sent us 100 or sent us $1,000 to buy 100 bags of cement, and so. So that is so exciting. So right now we've got about 300 bags, and uh, our goal at this juncture was to raise the funds for 600 bags. And uh, so we've got churches right now that we're working with. I'm thinking of a church right now up in Gadumide uh, that we're working to help them get that uh, their church building finished. There's another church that's right near uh, the town of Calido uh, that uh, they're going to be starting to work on that one. Then we've got another church over in uh, uh, Chazanga, uh, that we're going to be helping uh, with them with some cement so that they can get their walls plastered and, uh, and their floor done as well. And so we, we are so excited. And, uh, again, without your help, without your investment, without your giving and your sacrifice, uh, these things would not be able to be accomplished. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, and again, I hope that you're getting our prayer letters and, uh, in those prayer letters, we try to, uh, uh, upload, uh, you know, pictures and things like that so that you can actually see for yourself uh, what, how things are moving along and what things are, uh, what, what thing, what is happening, I should say, uh, in these particular ministries. And so, uh, again, thank you for that. Well, take your Bibles uh, and turn to the book of First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. We're just going to look at a couple, two or three verses here today in, uh, as we continue verse by verse through First Thessalonians, a church that I believe uh, fit the description of an always abounding church. And uh, over and over and over, Paul is commending this church and uh, Paul is lifting up this church. And again, remember, no church is perfect. And uh, if you're attending a Bible-believing independent Baptist church, you will be the first to admit that there is no church that is perfect. There's no pastor uh, that is perfect. And, uh, but there are things that we need to work on in our lives to help us uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord and help us to be able to accomplish and do more for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 
And uh, we left off last time in verse number 8, so we're going to go to verse number 9. The Bible says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more, and that ye, be stu- that ye study to be quiet and to do your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that ye may have lack of nothing." Now, this is a very interesting thing. And, and again, um, we understand that he is writing this letter to the church. And there is individual application, obviously, but he is writing this to the church. And, you know, whenever you're studying the Word of God, there are places in Scripture, maybe Romans, maybe Ezekiel, maybe uh, Hebrews, you know, these are areas where you really have to dig in and you have to study and you've got to really concentrate and you've got to really dig and, and compare Scripture with Scripture. But, you know, I, I'm glad that there is principles in Scripture. There's doctrine in Scripture that are just that are low-hanging fruit. And you don't have to have a a degree in theology. You don't have to go uh, to a Bible seminary to understand these things. That the, the Bible is just laid out so simple. And, uh, and I've told you this many times before, uh, God does not make Christianity a hard thing to live. He tells us exactly what he wants us to do. Uh, the problem is not the word of God. The problem is not that it is too difficult. The problem is our flesh. Our flesh keeps getting in the way. Our flesh keeps fighting against what God wants us to do. Now, if you would notice here uh, in verse number 12, he says that, that, all right? So if I am doing in verse 9, 10, and 11, then there's going to be a result of what will happen if I do these things, all right? And uh, and so watch what he says here. He says that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that ye may have lack of nothing. Okay, now once again, he is talking to uh, those that are in this church at Thessalonica. And so he says, if you'll do these things, there'll be two results that will happen as a result of these things. He says, number one, you will have an honest testimony. You will have an honest reputation towards them that are without. Now, the Bible uses that term, and Paul uses that term many, many times in the Word of God. If you go back to uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, he uses this term to help us to understand. Uh, Notice he says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse number 9, I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with covetous, or extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye needs go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an idolater, a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such an one know not to eat. For what have I to do to judge those that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within. 
but them that are without God judges therefore put away from uh, put away from among yourselves that wicked person so when he uses the terms within and without I believe he's talking about those that are members of that particular church otherwise you would not know who the withins are and who the withouts are and uh, and so I, I believe uh, in principle that uh, the New Testament teaches a church membership. I believe the pastor of the church uh, needs to know very clearly who his sheep are and who he is a who those sheep are accountable to. And so he's he's just very simply telling us here in Thessalonians. He says, uh, if you'll do these things, he says you will have a reputation of honesty. You'll have a reputation of of being above reproach. Toward them that are without. In other words, toward those that are on the outside. And then he says, and that ye may have lack of nothing. You may have lack of nothing. Your needs will be met. All right. We're, we're obviously understanding that uh, God does not provide all our wants. And, and that just goes without saying. Uh, but he does say, I will provide your needs, all right? Having food and raiment, let us be there with content. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, he tells us in Philippians that if you'll, if you'll give, if you'll sacrifice, he says, my God shall supply all your needs. And so this is, the, this is the context here. He says, if you'll do these things, he says, you will have a testimony as a church of uprightness, a testimony above reproach, toward the heathen that are on the outside of the church. And not only that, but he says, you will have lack of nothing. You will have your needs met. You will have everything you need to be able to do and accomplish the work that God has called you to do. So now let's look at these things. There's, there's four different areas here that he wants us to work on in order that we may have uh, these two things. You know, the sad thing is, and it's it's like this in America, and uh, and sadly, it's like this even here in Uganda. Many churches get a bad reputation towards them they're without, and uh, and and churches instead of having a good name have a bad name, and uh, and you can go through these things and you can find out why it is that that this is this way. Uh, we we deal a lot here uh, in our churches, and there's constantly needs and constantly things that need to be done. And and yet it's the reason it's not being done and the reason that these things are not being accomplished and the reason they think that, you know, oh, we just we, we need this and we need this, we need this. Well, the problem is, is we're expecting everybody else to do it for us. We're not expecting to get in there and do the work ourselves. And so these are important principles for our churches to understand. So notice he says in verse number nine, but as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. All right. That again, this goes without saying this is so simple. He says, I don't need to tell you that you need to love one another. I don't need to tell you about this brotherly love showing charity uh, to one another because you yourselves are taught of God. You know what God says. We are to love one another, and and again, this church was a uh, was a loving church. If you'll go remember back in chapter three, chapter three, and uh, verse number eleven and twelve, he says, "Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way unto you, and the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do." 
toward you, all right? Uh, if you go back and uh, look in uh, chapter 1 and verse number 3, Verse number two, he says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love. All right. Uh, this church was a loving church. This church understood that this is not something that they needed to be told to do. This is something that God would put on their hearts because one of the evidences of a person being saved is that they will love the brethren. Uh, go over to the, the book of 1 John and again, lays it out very, very clearly here. He says in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 13, Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his own life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren." So he says, listen, uh, I don't need to teach you this. I don't need to remind you of this. I don't need to preach on this. He says, you know, you are taught of God to love one another. But here's what he wanted to emphasize to them. Look in verse number 10. And indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia. So this was not something that was just practiced within the church at Thessalonica. This was also practiced in the church at Berea. This was also practiced in the church at, at, at Philippi, all right? This church at Thessalonica, their love went out of the walls of their own church and into the churches of others that were in the area. But here's what Paul was encouraging. He says, And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. Increase more and more. There is always more love to be shown. Now, again, we've talked much about love on this on this podcast, and we understand that love is, is not selfish. Love is always about the other. Love is always about lifting up the other. The love is always about promoting the other. And, and so when you have a church that is increasing in the love of God, why, why do we have problems in the church? Contention comes because of pride. Problems come because everybody wants their own way. I want my way in this. I want my ideas to be known. I want my uh, my ideas to be considered. And and we we don't step back and allow others. We don't step back and let others' ideas to be brought out. We don't uh, allow ourselves to be humbled so that other people can be exalted. He said, "Hey, one of the ways that you can have a great testimony as a church to the world around you is that you love one another." But he says. Also, he says, not only will it enable you to have a good reputation, but he says, you'll have lack of nothing. Why? Because everyone is looking out for everybody else. Everybody is looking out, how can I help them? How can I be a blessing to them? How can I encourage them? I'm just saying today, if you'll increase in your love one to another, if you'll ask God day by day, God, sometimes people are not lovely and sometimes people are hard to love. But God, you told me in your word that if I'm a Christian, if I'm saved, then I will love the brother. And so God, by your grace, I am not only going to love them, but I'm going to increase in my love and I'm going to look for more opportunities opportunities to give and encourage and edify others so that I am not lifted up, but others are lifted up. He says in verse number 11, and here's the second thing, and that ye study to be quiet. 
I looked up the word study there, and it literally means strive. He says that you strive, that you work. And, and, and I like the word study there. there. There's absolutely no problem with that word. It was a, it's a perfect word that our King James translators put in there because study means to, to give attention to it, meaning it means to focus on. And, and, and so just as you are striving to get a good grade on a test or you're striving to prepare for that Sunday school lesson, uh, you are studying, you are focusing, you are giving your uh, your all of your effort toward. He says, study to be quiet. Now, that, that's an interesting word there because a lot of times what we try to do, and, 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 and I have to work on this myself because I tend to be the one who likes to be the center of the conversation. Uh, I, I like to be involved in talking. I like to be involved in giving my opinion. And, and he says, hey, you, you better be careful. He says, you better study to be quiet. The word quiet there means to be peaceable, uh, to be content, to just be, be willing to sit down and just keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. All right. He says, study to be quiet. Now, it's interesting because this verse is also used, or this uh, phrase is also used over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 12. He says, he says, now them that are such, talking about those that walk disorderly, those that are busybodies, he says, uh, now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. We again, we're talking about a church that is going to have a good reputation. We're talking about a church that is going to have lack of nothing. And he says, if you want to be that kind of church, he says, you need to study to be quiet. Don't don't think that you have to be the center of everything. Don't think that you have to be the one that always gets your opinion noted and the one that always has to stand up and, and be the one to argue. Humble yourself, all right? Now, again, he's not saying that w w just keep your mouth shut. He's just saying learn to be quiet. Study to be quiet. Study to just be in the background. Study to just be peaceable with one another. You know, how many, how many times have you heard churches that literally are pulled apart because people can't get along? Everyone's standing up and shouting in this business meeting, shouting in this, you know, we want it done this way and we want it done this way. And I just recently heard of a church uh, that uh, is, is choosing a, a new pastor and, and over choosing that pastor. I mean, just debate and, and, and pride and, and all of these things involved. In, and why is that? Because nobody is studying to be quiet. We don't want to allow ourselves to be defrauded. We don't want to allow ourselves to be humble. We want to have our opinion known. He says, study to be quiet. He says, number three, and to do your own business. To do your own business. Now, again, the interpretation here, he's talking to the church as a whole. He says, to do your own business business. You know what happens to churches a lot of times is churches become so focused on doing other things. They get involved in politics. They get involved in, in uh, 
you know, who's voting for what. They get involved in, uh, you know, debating. They get involved in community efforts. They get involved in all this kind of stuff. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm not I'm not against I'm not against individuals get, being involved in their community. But as a church, it's amazing to me how so many times in our churches we spend more time and more focus and more effort on worldly things. We, we talk about gun control and we talk about abortion and we talk about who's going to be the next president. We talk about all these things and we're so focused on these things that we forget to keep the main business the main business and that's reaching souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And how sad it is in so many churches across our world today, good churches that have good intentions, but their whole focus and their whole desire is, is, is on things that have nothing to do with what the church is all about. It's amazing to me. You know, I, I look at churches around America and how we are so excited about offering people, hey, look at the sports programs we have and, and look, at the, uh, look at the activities we have and, and, and look at what we have here. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just wanting you to look at this. It's how many churches across our world today uh, are building gymnasiums. Why? What in the world do we need gymnasiums? gymnasiums for? Well, we have to have activities and we have to, you know, be able to have places to eat and we have to have this and all. And again, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not against those things, but I'm just saying it's amazing that so many of those churches are so keen on activities and so keen on sports and so keen on being involved in uh, in politics and so keen on being involved in debate and, and picketing and protesting and all of these kind of things. And we forgot the business at hand. And the business at hand is our church ought to be known for getting out in the community and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, just do your own business. Why, why are churches having a bad reputations today? Why are churches not getting anything done? Why, are, why is God not putting his blessings and his stamp of approval on churches? It's because we're so focused on every other business that we forget the business at hand. Uh, go back to John chapter, John chapter 4. And, and Jesus really brought this out in John chapter 4 and uh, really rebuked his disciples because of this very thing where we're, we're keeping the business the wrong business in our churches. Now, again, we can apply this in a, in a personal way. Each of us need to figure out what God wants us to do and, and don't worry about what God has told John to do and don't worry about what God has told Mary to do. You do what God's called you to do. Do your own business. But what did, what did Jesus say uh, in John chapter 4? And uh, look in verse number 31. In the meantime, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. To finish his work. Say ye not, there are yet four months, and then come of the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. What was the problem with the disciples? They were more concerned about their physical 
uh, discomfort. They were more concerned about their hunger. They were more concerned about getting a, a hamburger or a steak or, or fulfilling their, their fleshly desires than trying to look beyond that and say, hey, our purpose, our work, our meat, what we're trying to accomplish is reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is telling the Thessalonian church, do your own business. Stay focused on the business at hand. Stay focused on what God has called you to do. And if you'll do that, he says, you'll have a good reputation toward them that are without, and you'll have lack of nothing. I believe with all of my heart, a church that keeps God's business, the main business, is going to receive the blessings of God. That is the church that God is going to provide for. That is the church that God is going to give their needs to because that is the church that is accomplishing what God intended the church to be for. I was challenging the people in Buzidango this last weekend, and I said, listen, you, you have to understand, as, as excited we are about this building, as excited we are that we have a place to meet, you have to understand God is not in a building. God is not in a structure. God is within you, and, and you need to make sure that, you know, yes, let's thank God for the building, but let's not forget what our purpose is, what our business is. I like what Jesus told uh, his mom and dad when the, he was 12 years old out there teaching and 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 uh, and talking to the the men in the temple and and they said hey what are you doing and what Jesus say he says know ye not that I must be about my father's business Jesus had reached an age where he gets out pretty much of his mom's control of his mom's influence and starts learning the trade of his father but he he didn't uh, his his business his desire was not to uh, be a carpenter his not his that's not what he came to this earth for was to build furniture though his earthly father Joseph was that uh, in that business but he needed to inform his parents hey the reason I'm in the temple and the reason I'm teaching and the reason I'm asking questions or answering questions is because I must be about my father's business. So what what is the business of your church? What 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 when you look at all the activities and the sports and the 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 uh, the politicking and in in all the things that we're involved in that in and of themselves may not be bad. But when you look at all those things and you wonder why our soul winning efforts, our evangelism efforts become weaker and weaker and weaker. Boy, you have a have a sign up for uh, for a softball team and man, everyone's going to be so quick to sign up. And then you have a sign up for soul winning and you get maybe two or three people. What's the problem? Our churches are failing in accomplishing and doing the business at hand. And so he says, I want you to increase in your love more and more. I want you to study to be quiet. He says, I want you to do your own business. And then lastly, he says, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. You know, it takes work. God, God is not interested in laziness. You know, I'm just, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me when I hear stories of, of people who are, are supposed to be God's people, who are supposed to love the Lord, and they're just lazy. Their house is a mess. Their, their car is a mess. Their ministry is a mess. They, they, they just they, they sit around all day. They watch TV. They, they look on the Internet. They do all this, and then they wonder why they don't have what they're supposed to have. 
and they wonder why their needs are not met. God says, listen, if, if you want to have a good testimony toward those without, and if you want to have lack of nothing, it really comes down to this. You need to learn to work with your own hands. Don't expect everybody else to do it for you. Don't expect everybody else to just to jump up and down and, and, uh, and say, oh, we're going to do all this stuff for you. We're going to come. It, it's going to take work on our, on our part. A church that is working, a church that is busy. Now, when you put all these things together, all right, let, let's just quickly put all these things together. I'm loving more and more, all right? So that means I'm giving. I'm studying to be quiet. I'm not trying to get my way. I'm making sure I'm focused on what the business of the church is all about, and I'm working with my own hands. When you put those four things together, you have a recipe for a church that is going to accomplish what God intended it to accomplish, and a church that is not going to have need of anything. Their needs are going to be met because, hey, even if somebody uh, you know doesn't have a whole lot of money, remember these churches of Macedonia were poor. They were they were desperate in poverty. They said, hey, we may not have money to give. We may not be able to give a lot in the offering, but we can sure work. We can sure labor. And, and, you know, we, we, we struggle this so many times here, here in Uganda, trying to get people to get past this idea that everything I do is for money. I was uh, talking to some guys the other day, and, and we were talking about the fact, you know, what happens if you break down uh, in the middle of nowhere and you need somebody to push you or need somebody to give you a jump start or whatever. He said, he said and this is what they told me, he says, if you don't travel with money, you'll never, <clears throat> you'll never get rescued. Because people here will not do anything. They won't help you push your car to get it started. They won't give you a jump start. They they won't do anything unless you promise them money. And how sad that is. And they they were surprised. And again, it's been a while since I've been to America. But it used to be, at least, in the United States of America, if you saw somebody had a need, it doesn't matter if they're a complete stranger. You would reach out and and, uh, give them a hand, give them a jump start, push their car. Uh, If, you know, something uh, bad has happened, I mean, you jump in and help them out. And you don't expect anything in return. You just want to show love to them. You want to be able to do what you can for them. We, we've got to we've got to get back to this attitude that that we're just going to get in and work. I shouldn't have to have somebody pay me. I shouldn't have to have somebody give me something to do something that I know I'm supposed to do for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, work with your own hands. Don't be lazy. Be a worker. Be effort. I mean, I, I thank God. I thank God. God has given me, and, and, and again, I, it, it's almost to a fault. I thank God for my wife. Uh, she is a constant example to me of a worker. I mean, you can't get her ju- you cannot get her just to sit down and relax. I mean, even if she sits down and watches something or sits down to listen to something, she's got to have her hands busy. She's got to be doing something. Uh, whenever we go to people's houses or sometimes when we're traveling in the States and we, we stay in prophet's chambers, she just can't sit still. I mean, she wants to clean all the cupboards and she wants to wash all the dishes and she'll clean out the, the refrigerator. And I'm like, Sally, this is, this is not our place. And, and she's like, Hey, you know, I, I just can't, I can't stand it. I got to do something, you know? <laughs> and, uh, I, I thank God for that. I would hate to live with a wife that that is just that is that doesn't know how to work that that is just lazy. But you know what? In our churches, we need people just like that. 
that are going to see the need at hand, not wait for somebody else to do it, not wait for somebody else to pay them, but see what needs to be done and get it done and work with your own hands. Now, so let me conclude this. I've, I've gone long today. He says, if you love more and more. Now, again, all this is about others. It's about others. Love more and more. Study, be quiet. Do your own business. Work with your own hands. And verse number 12, that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without. And that ye may have lack of nothing. That is a promise. Your church, and again, the application can come to us in a personal way, but your church can have lack of nothing, and your church will have a good testimony toward those that are on the outside of the church. If our focus is on the love for others, if our focus is on studying to be quiet, if our focus is on doing the business that God has intended us to do within the church, and if we have people in our church who are not afraid to work. It is work to go soul winning. It is work to disciple. It is work to keep the uh, the restrooms clean. It is work to keep the auditorium vacuum. All that, th- it's work. It's going to take work. But if you don't develop that attitude in your mind, this I am willing to work. I am willing to labor. I'm willing to do whatever it takes without remuneration. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And my friend, you will have a church that lacks nothing, and you'll have a church that has a good reputation towards them that are without. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Always Abounding podcast, and uh, I hope and pray that that was an encouragement and a blessing to you today as we continue uh, going verse by verse through the book of First Thessalonians. Just a few prayer requests I want to leave with you today. If you could be praying for our upcoming uh, Triennial Bible Institute uh, that is the first part of uh, September. Uh, we've got men coming in from all of our churches. We'll be training them. We'll be finishing going verse by verse through the book of Acts. And uh, so be praying about that if you would. Continue to pray for our furlough. Uh, we'll be going back on furlough in uh, June of uh next year. And uh, so pray that uh, we get all the meetings lined up. It's it's really, it's been a blessing to see uh, the meetings come together. And uh, I really, really appreciate those that uh, have uh, asked us to come and asked us to be a part of their churches. And if you're listening to my voice today and uh, I have not yet contacted you or you would like us to be maybe in your missions conference or in a special service, uh, we would sure love to come by your church and just share what the Lord is doing here in Uganda. Continue to pray for our residency permit. Uh, we are right on the edge. I'm telling you, right on the edge. I'm tasting it. I, re- I literally am tasting it. And uh, once again, we have been battling this for over a year now. And uh, so please, please continue to pray for that. Uh, continue to pray for our medical team that is coming in October as uh, we prepare for that. Uh, we've got about 42 uh, doctors and nurses and uh, then just ordinary people just coming to help. And, uh, and so pray for that, pray for safety during the clinic and, uh, pray that, uh, we're able to reach the many people, the gospel, pray for people to get saved. Uh, what a blessing that would be. And then finally pray for our well, uh, that we're trying to get approval for, uh, up in our ministry in Calido. Uh, this has just been, I, I am just overwhelmed right now at the corruption that is in our government here. And, uh, just simply trying to get a permit to drill a well 
And uh, it's no wonder. I mean, uh, it, it's not right, but it is no wonder that people don't go the right route. They just drill and uh, ask for forgiveness later. And uh, But uh, we're trying to do it right. Uh, but in doing it right, it's just one thing after another. So pray, if you would, that we can get that well drilled so that we can have the water that we need to be able to do the ministry there in Calido. Well, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And uh, don't forget, if you have not done so already, to subscribe to this podcast. Every Friday we upload a new podcast for your enjoyment and edification. And uh, if you have friends or family out there that you feel would be helped by listening to this podcast, please share the link with them and uh, let them know uh, that there is a missionary over here in Uganda, East Africa, that is trying to encourage anyone who will listen that in these last days, that we would always abound in the work of the Lord. God bless you so much. Thank you once again for tuning in, and I hope you have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com.